Happy New Year from my family to yours. Thank you for listening and subscribing to this podcast. At the beginning of each new year, we evaluate a vision through personal goals or corporate strategy. We dream about who we hope to be and what we hope to accomplish in a short span of one year. Leaders of local church congregations strive to articulate a clear vision too, but the result is often secular not sanctified. In this sermon, we stop to ask an all-important question. What is Christ's vision for His church? Two simple answers emerge through this unfolding prayer of Jesus. May this message encourage you to evaluate your New Year's vision in light of God's revealed Word. This message preaches from John chapter 17, verses 17 through 19. It is a part of a preaching series through John 17 called, He Said, Father. The title of this sermon, Sanctify Them. Welcome to the Southside Sermons Podcast. I am Christopher Campbell, pastor of Southside Baptist Church, located in Decatur, Alabama. This message you're about to hear is from God's Word and is offered to you with this prayer that God would give you eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to obey His Word. May your faith be strengthened in Jesus and may you grow in your knowledge of Him. The title of this sermon is The Next Prayer of Jesus, which is Sanctify Them. Sanctify Them them. Verse 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus petitions his holy father to sanctify them, his followers. Three times this word sanctify appears in our text. Once in verse 17 where Jesus prays, sanctify them in the truth. And twice in verse 19 where Jesus says, and for their sake I consecrate, that's the same word sanctify, and for their sake I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Three times Jesus speaks of sanctification. So what does it mean to be sanctified? The word sanctify is a very religious sounding word. It is not common in our everyday word usage. And yet, that is the point of its meaning. What is sanctified is not common. What is sanctified is not ordinary. The word sanctify means to dedicate something for an intended purpose, to set apart as holy for a purpose. This is what Jesus wants his followers to know, what he wants for them, that they be set apart as holy for a purpose, that they be sanctified. And this is what Jesus desires for his church even today. Richard Phillips, in his commentary on this text, raises a good New Year's question for us based on this theme of sanctification. Phillips observes that pastors are frequently asked, 
What is your vision for your church? Oftentimes, the end of a year is given over to vision casting for the new year. What is our vision as a local church? Now, a vision can be a helpful way to see clearly who we are, our identity, and what we do, our mission. A vision can be captured in what's called a vision statement, by which all of the activities of the church are evaluated. A vision can be something that is memorable, transferable, and motivating. The old King James translation of Proverbs 29, verse 18, is often quoted by vision leaders, which says, where there is no vision, the people perish. A vision can be a helpful way to unite us all with the same strategy so that we don't attack one another and destroy one another and die. We think about vision on a corporate level, but we may have a personal vision too. How many of us have already set some New Year's resolutions? How many of us have already jotted down a few goals for this coming year? These things form a personal vision. Do I want to gain weight this year? Do I want to lose weight this year? Do I want to look younger? Do I want to look older? Do I want to look healthier? Do I want to look wiser? Vision, what we want to look like, what we want to see become a reality. We may have a vision for what we want to accomplish as well. Vision is not a bad thing, that's what I'm trying to say. It helps us dream and see what we want to one day be. But one problem often pervades visions, especially visions of churches. And this is what we should be guarded against. A vision for a church is often secular, not sanctified. A vision for a church is often worldly and not holy. A vision for a church is often man-centered or me-centered, not Christ-centered and other-centered. A vision for a church is often just plain bad, not biblical. Phillips draws this out. He says, there is a far more important question than what is our vision, and that is, what vision does Christ have for his church? What vision does Christ have for us? As we hear this prayer of Jesus, I urge us all to ask the right questions about whatever visions we may have in light of the next 363 days of this year. Not to ask what is my vision for my life, but instead, what is God's vision for the eternal life that he has given to me? Not to ask, what is our vision for this church? But instead, what is Christ's vision for Christ's church? None of us knows what will transpire in one year's time. And if our vision is not God's vision, we are simply wasting time and wasting away History proves this year over year, that this time next year, some of us in this room will not be with us anymore. 
sickness may come and we may not be able to attend church in person any longer. So are we making the most of the days that we can gather with the saints for the worship of God as the Lord gives us health and strength to do so? Are we quick to forsake our Sunday gathering? One Sunday becomes two Sundays, becomes two months, and before you know it, you haven't been to church in a year. That's happened to some of us. Does your vision for the church and your goals for attendance and participation reflect the priority of God's vision for his church and the priority that the church is. Some, hearing my voice now, will be with the Lord at the end of this year. Are you ready to meet him? It may be by old age. It may be an unknown health emergency. It may be a freak accident. But this time next year, some will be with the Lord. Does your vision for your life account for eternity, for using every moment of the life that God has given you to bring him glory through your faith and obedience to his revealed word. As a local church, God only knows what might happen this year at Southside Baptist Church. We could experience a great awakening and revival or in a moment lose everything that we have and it'd be taken from us. This building could be taken from us in a storm. Our budget could be exhausted with a surprise emergency. If God were to take our building and our budget, would we have anything left? Is our vision built around those things to serve those things? Or would we still be a church built on what can never be taken from us, which is God's holy word. Would we still be able to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that Jesus has commanded? When after searching the scriptures and praying, we discover God's vision for the lives that he has given to us and for the church that we are, then and only then, May we employ God's own strategy, which is called obedience to the faith, for us to succeed in realizing that vision. As we look ahead to a new year, I encourage all of us to pray for what God would have us to do, because Jesus here prayed about his vision. Let us not make plans as if our plans are our own to make. For the scriptures proclaim, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. In Christ, we belong to God. So it is imperative that we pray for God to bring about his vision, just as Jesus prayed, not my will, but yours be done. And what is God's vision? Our text before us reveals it to us in this prayer of Jesus. In two simple statements, this is God's vision for Christ's followers and Christ's church. That we be, number one, sanctified in the truth. And number two, that we be sent into the world. 
first sanctified in the truth. In verse 17, Jesus prays, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus does not pray, sanctify or set them apart according to the Jewish religious customs and traditions. For us, Jesus does not pray, sanctify or set them apart according to our constitution or bylaws. Jesus does not pray, sanctify or set them apart according to what the church down the street is doing or according to the latest scheme for church growth. Jesus prays, sanctify them in the truth. This is the means of sanctification. In a world full of lies, let my people be known as a people that stand in the truth. Jesus prays that his followers would be set apart by means of only one way, the truth. And what is the truth? He answers in verse 17, sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. Your word is truth. This is the message of sanctification, the word of God. I want to remind us all at this juncture that God's word is unchanging. The message that sanctifies us as God's followers, as Christ's followers, is unchanging. Listen to what Peter writes, 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like the grass, and all its glory like the flowers of the grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. This echoes the psalmist, who in Psalm 119, verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Misguided or ill-intentioned people think that God's word changes with the times, that God's word adapts to remain relevant, that God's word is open to interpretation. Church, God's word does not change. It is not subject to any one person's interpretation. It does not need to adapt to remain relevant. It is always relevant. It is the truth. God's word does not change with the times. It's timeless. And we are the ones who are to be changed by it. Our will is to be conformed to the word. Our vision is to be submitted to the revealed holy word of God. This is what it means to be sanctified in the truth, that what God hates, we hate. What God loves, we love. What God does, we do, as he empowers us to do it. 
John 17, verse 17 again. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. This is not something we can do for ourselves. We cannot sanctify ourselves in the truth. For this sanctifying work is a result of the Holy Father answering this prayer of Jesus to sanctify his followers. And so God sanctifies us. God sanctifies us in the truth of his word. But the fruit of that sanctifying work is evident in our love for God's word and our obedience to God's word. I wanna ask us all, are we regularly in the word of God, allowing the word to get in to us? This year, will you resolve to be regularly in the word and in prayer? How else will we be set apart from the world if we are not in the word and the word in us? Letting the word perform a work in us. If we are not in the word, we're not being transformed by it. If we are not in the word, we're becoming more and more like the world. Jesus prays, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. The means of sanctification is the truth. The message of sanctification is the word. And God's vision is that followers of Jesus be sanctified in the truth, but also that they be sent into the world. God's word makes it clear that we are sanctified for a purpose. That purpose is so that we might be sent. Look with me at verse 18. Jesus prays, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. This is the mission of sanctification to be sent into the world as witnesses to the truth. Think about how we quarantine when we're exposed to a contagious virus. For a time, we separate from the world so that we might get healed. But then when we are healed, we go back into the world again, hopefully resistant to the same attack as before. Christian. The world is a virus of sin, death, lies, and destruction. And in the same way, we as Christians must quarantine ourselves from the world, often coming out of the world for a time, getting into the word of God so that we might be sanctified, washed in the word, so that we might get healthy and can to be transformed into the likeness of our Lord so that we may then go back into the world again, better able to repel the attacks of the enemy while we witness for Jesus. Jesus prays, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. This means that we who are sanctified by the word share the same mission as Jesus in the world. Jesus said in Acts chapter one, verse eight, to this same group, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea 
and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Just as Jesus was sent into the world to be his Father's witness, we, followers of Christ, are sent into the world to be Jesus' witness in the power of the Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus was sent into the world to save sinners, so too we are sent into the world to save sinners by the truth of the gospel. I want us all to look at our New Year's resolutions, whether they're in our mind or whether we've written them down. Look at our goals again. Ask this question. Are those things about this mission of Christ? Do they read as one who is sent into the world by Jesus to be a witness as his follower? Do they have anything to do with being a witness for Jesus or seeking and saving the lost as Jesus did? We have in the word the truth, the message of salvation, the hope to share with the world, and this is why we are sent into it. Listen to John chapter eight, verses 31 through 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Is Jesus our Lord, or are we the Lords of our lives? Southside Baptist Church, when you prayerfully affirmed and called me to be your pastor over two years ago, I said one thing then and I will repeat it even now. Our church has no hope if we do not follow God's word, if we are not sanctified in the truth. The only hope we have for being the church God has made us to be is to submit all things to God's word without compromise. And I say this in love. If this is not your vision to be sanctified in the truth, if this is not your vision to be sent into the world with the truth, and pardon me for saying it this forcefully, and I truly don't want to offend you, and I do say this with love, but if your vision is not Christ's vision as revealed here in this prayer, then we are not on the same side. I have no interest or patience or desire for your visions because the time is too short. I implore you, God's word implores us, get on board with this vision, with God's vision, with Christ's vision in this prayer, that we be a people sanctified in the truth, which is God's word, and we be sent into the world as Jesus was sent. The only way that we can do this is through Christ. And this brings us to the Christ conclusion. Jesus knew as he prayed this prayer what it was he was about to do on the cross. And Jesus knew what that meant for his followers. Jesus knew his death would be required to create the divisions necessary to separate the world from those of the word, to sanctify his disciples. 
Verse 19 of our text says, and for their sake, I consecrate or I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified in the truth. We have seen in this prayer the means of sanctification, the message of sanctification, and the mission of sanctification. But now Jesus reveals himself to be the mediator of sanctification. There can be no sanctification without Jesus, without being in him. We cannot live according to the truth without Jesus our Lord. Both the spoken word of God and the written word of God point to the living word of God who is Jesus. To be sanctified in the truth ultimately means to be sanctified in Jesus. That is why Jesus consecrated or sanctified himself so that the truth of God's word might be revealed when Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Hebrews 10.10 says, and by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So that the truth of God's character and his unchanging word might be revealed in the raising of Jesus from the dead. So that in Jesus, we might be sanctified in the truth as a people who witness to the eternal life of God in Christ Jesus. And so as Revelation 22:11 says, this is our application. Let the evildoers still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Thank you again for listening to this message. I pray that God would accomplish His purpose in you through the preaching, hearing, receiving, and believing of His Word. If you wish to share any comments or questions about the message you have heard, please call Southside at 256-353-8814 or visit us on the web at southsidebaptist.net. Also, make sure to subscribe or follow this podcast to receive a new message each week.